I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. I hope that you are enjoying all the festivities of this wonderful time of year. As promised, the podcast is still going to be landing in your ears every Monday, but for the next few weeks, I will be bringing you Life Boost episodes, and I am ridiculously excited to be bringing today's episode to you because I have interviewed two women that I have been itching to talk to for a very long time. Those women, or also known as those two girls, are Lise Carlaw and Sarah Wills. They are the girlfriends that we all wish that we had in our gang. These besties, they're hugely successful media personalities. They've hosted hit local and national radio shows for years, and they're in-demand speakers and MCs. A couple of years ago, they turned 40 and launched the other must listen on a Monday podcast called 40, where they celebrate the life lessons and stories of popular and everyday women in their 40s. In 2022, they published their first book, 40 Favors the Brave. And if you listened to my Books of the Year episode, you will know that hands down, It is one of my favorite books of the year. In fact, it's probably one of my favorite books ever. It has a permanent place on my bookshelf and I've bought copies for girlfriends. I've shared it everywhere. I think it should be like when we get a letter from the king, when we turn 100. I think that everyone should get a copy of this book when they turn 40. It is mandatory reading. It follows the same format as the podcast in that the girls um, and other women like from all different walks of life share their tales about what it is like to enter their 40s and beyond. They share the things that they wish they'd known, relationship changes, relationship with people, with their bodies, heartbreak, confidence gain and all the surprising, wonderful things that come with being a woman in their 40s. It does need to come with a warning um, about reading it in public. One minute you'll be laughing your head off hysterically and people will be staring at you and then the next minute you'll be crying with all the utterly beautiful stories that are shared. It is a really wonderful book and I was so thrilled when Lise and Sarah agreed to do this interview. I was also quite terrified, I have to say, when, you know, when they said yes, I was thinking, oh my God, like what if, you know, they say don't meet your heroes. Um, What if they're really up themselves? But they absolutely weren't. They were brilliant. They were hilarious. Their chemistry is just incredible. It really is. They bounced off each other. As you will hear, they were really open, they're generous, and spending time in their company was just one of the highlights of my year. So it is a long interview. We go on all different tangents. If you are not already familiar with Lise and Sarah, you are going to love them after listening to this interview. You can download their podcast. If you haven't started listening to it, you are in for a treat. There's hours and hours and hours of content. I will put the links to that as well as their book, 40 Favours the Brave, in the show notes. So strap yourself in for my chat with Lise and Sarah. Lise and Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. I'm thrilled to have you here to talk about your brilliant book, 40 Favours the Brave. Now, they say everyone has got a book in them, and I'm curious to know, did you always feel that you have a book in you? I'd love to know how this book actually came to be. We never thought one day we'd be published authors, but I suppose we also had nothing to say. We had nothing to say until we turned 40 and we started having conversations. 
with women and, and recognize that they were feeling the same way we were as we began our foray into this new decade and new chapter of life. And then when we were tapped on the shoulder by publishers to say, we do think there's a book in this, would, would you be interested? That's when we said, I think we could do it. I think we could write 85,000 words together on why 40 feels like a brave decade. I think initially, Michelle, we thought this will be so easy. We'll get (laughs) all the transcripts from the podcast episodes, which you can do quite easily, and that'll be the book, right? That's it. We we won't have to say anything. What could they possibly want to hear from our lives? And then when the publishers came back, you know, with in response to the brief that we'd sent through, they very terrifyingly said to us, oh, no, we also, we're going to need more from you. That's what we actually want. We want your thoughts and your stories and your ideas peppered alongside all the amazing women you've interviewed. Oh, gosh. And then we're like, really, do we need to go there? Now we're actually going to do work. We're going to have to do something. But it was um, it was a strangely cathartic process at times it was surprisingly emotional I ended up having to go to a therapist for three sessions I don't think I've told many people that yeah I I ended up having to not having to I suppose but with Sarah's counsel (laughs) (laughs) she was like I think you might need to talk about that with someone and I think you need professional help (laughs) but I think it's in sort of unearthing all those stories that you tell yourself throughout Mm. your childhood throughout your young adulthood and then when you stop for a second and assess you end up having all of these epiphanies or unanswered questions perhaps Um, and I certainly wasn't expecting that to come out of this process yeah, wow. And look, that's, I mean, it's great that you went and got professional help because I'm sure it did. <laughs> like it would have unearthed all sorts of things. I mean, you know, reading, reading the book, like you go there, both of you do. And I'm so pleased that you were so open and, and vulnerable and sharing all of that with the readers because I think that's what just makes it so brilliant and you know I I laughed and cried I think equally through the entire book with with everything that you shared so I'm really pleased that the publishers made you um (laughs) forced you to because I do think it really elevates the book I think that's what makes it so great too is that you've got other people's stories but there's also your stories as well do you reckon you would have done it Lee's if, if you were doing it on your own, do you think you would have done it or do you feel like you both needed each other to keep one another accountable? There's no way Sarah nor I would ever do anything in our lives without the other. <laughs> we, are, <laughs> we are the picture of codependence. Yeah. Um, we, are, we are barnacles <laughs> on uh, a rock. And- no, and I think we say that in jest because obviously we were our own fully formed human beings before coming into one another's lives. But yeah. the truth is we have just been a constant source of inertia for one another where it's just this constant push, 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 we can do more, we can do better. And not from a, not from an ego perspective, but just we came into one another's lives with this unspoken dream of what we thought we might achieve individually. And then when we connected, it was this understanding like, it was this understanding of, oh, this is the person I'm doing it with. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, you found your... So no, I wouldn't have written the book on my own. Hell no. (laughs) No, and I needed, and Lise, the funny thing is, Lise is somebody who, like, she would have been great to have been in a group assignment with at school, right? Like, she is, she, right. Like, you always would have wanted to, for the teacher to be like, and Sarah, you're with Claire and Lise. Woo! So... I feel like I got the best in the book writing process because Lees would say really offensive things to a procrastinator like me, such as, right, Sarah, 
We need to be hitting 5,000 words a week. Every day we're going to be swapping our documents and checking each other's work. Then we'll edit. We'll put them we'll, So I, I'm very happy to leave things to the last minute. And I work well under pressure. I, I make sure everything gets done, but I'm like a mull over it for 10 months, action it in three weeks kind of person. <laughs> and Lee's is much more sensible and grown up in her approach. So I'm sure... I mean, Lisa and I haven't spoken about this, but I'm sure there were frustrations no, on Lisa's part. No, like, weren't there? No, because I knew, I know you. I knew that <laughs> I, I, there was not a doubt in my mind that it would get done. Yep. I think we just work really well together in that I can, I can voice my type A personality needs. And it's almost like I'm saying it to myself, Michelle. I'm not necessarily yeah. bossing Sarah around. It's like, right, we've got to do 5,000 words. It's That's not a reminder to Sarah. It's actually a kick up my own bum. Yeah. So, um, no, there were no moments of frustration uh, other than why did we say yes to this? <laughs> and now we actually have to do it. No, Now no. we have to deliver yeah. it. Now we have to deliver it. Mm. And thank you for sharing that because, uh, you know, I, I, I did want to ask about your working relationship because a lot of the women that listen to this podcast are solopreneurs and would look at your working partnership as like, you know, some I think would think it was a dream to have someone like that and, and there would be other people that would be completely terrified. They just like to do their own thing on their own timeline. And um, so I, I love that you've shared that as, yeah. as how you, work well, so and I think our, our partnership and friendship has almost morphed more into like like a sisterly relationship where we can say to the other one like if Lise might send a list through and I'll be like oh bloody hell far out you know but it, it's like we know last the, night the love the love is there and last uh, night I sent a passive aggressive email addressed to the both of us and it just said to-do list <laughs> and it was 20 bullet points but it's not and I actually, read that as like Lisa's panicking she wants as much as possible locked off before the school holiday yeah. Sarah get your act into gear so in turn then I will get up at 5 30 and get on the emails <laughs> and start be like <laughs> but it get but then we work Does it well to that Mm, we work well to, to that. We need to know what's ahead for both of us in any given day, any given week. And if it's not written down for me, it may as well be dragged off with the wheelie bin that went out <laughs> my driveway last night. Like it's gone. It's out of my head. I need it down on paper. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. It's, I love a list. I love a list. Love I love a list. plan. I love it. And, you know, coming back to the book that I loved so much, just the premise of this book about um, 40 favouring the brave because, you know, I always say, like, I think you give less, less fucks after 40, you know, besides your brilliant, wonderful working partnership, can you talk to me about something that's really surprised you about life as a 40 plus year old woman okay I I think what continues to surprise me is how things continue to change that yeah. nothing stays the same mm -hmm. in the same way that seven years ago if someone had have told Lise and I that we would be working in radio and have a national radio show we would have been like you are talking crazy talk that's never going to happen Fast forward seven years, that particular chap work career chapter ended and now we're into this whole other focus area, which is about women in their midlife. Again, we never would have thought that would have been on our agenda. So I think it's that nothing is permanent and that goes across so many, so many things and you have to, you have to be open to it and look at the green flags in your life when things are really flowing smoothly as signs that that's what you're meant to be pushing ahead on and the red flags or even the orange flags are when you need to maybe just halt and say mm, maybe I'm not meant to be going in that direction so mm -hmm. I think that is surprising of course being authors and what have you has has been a, a, a turn of events too but I do think that constant um, career refocusing has been a surprise. What about you, Lise? I think to extend on what Sarah is saying, which I agree with 
100% is Mm. I'm surprised that still at this age, possibly more than ever, I have to exercise patience, patience across the board. Mm -hmm. I kind of was lulled into this idea that maybe come 40, everything would be sorted. Everything would have worked itself out, that there'd be clarity and a very clear line of success, whatever that means. Yeah. That was sort of maybe younger Lee's was convinced that it would all be sorted. Yeah. And I think if I've learned anything particularly in the last year Mm. is that lesson of patience continues to haunt me. Yeah. And I and perhaps that is what I'm yet to really lean into because it keeps coming back. It keeps testing me where yeah. I want things to progress with Sarah and I, mm-hmm. not romantically, professionally. Yeah. I should yeah. just oh, say that. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> where, you know, where, where, where I can see where we should be or where we could be going and it just hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. I'm reminded to be patient. Well, I'll f- that's a very good answer. I'll jump on top of that again. Please do. And say... My reminder lesson that keeps popping up, an extension of Lisa's, which was an extension of mine, <laughs> which is you can only control what you can control. Yeah. Don't wait for anyone else, any other company, any other business, any other person to tap you on the shoulder and expect miracles to happen is you've got to control what's in your own backyard, what you can put out, what you can be like the master of your own domain or mistress of your own domain perhaps and I think that is something that Lise and I have been shown again and again and again 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 and and again again and again we were we were interviewing someone yesterday Michelle and I think Sarah and I both virtually fell on the floor and collapsed um and this woman the interview will be coming out on 40 in a few weeks I don't want to give too much away but basically said stop waiting to be discovered, just discover yourself. And it sounds a bit fruity, mm-hmm. but for us that resonated so deeply because I think a lot of women, we look for validation externally. Yep. We, we are waiting for someone, as Sarah said, to tap us on the shoulder and say, you are good enough, we want you. And you're just waiting. And particularly in the field that we've both worked in, even before joining as a duo, we were in that sort of those industries that are ego-driven and that do mythologise the discovery Oh, yeah. And the silver bullet. (gasps) She was found. They saw her. She was amazing. And next minute she's hosting the project or whatever it may be. And I think that uh, we, like a lot of people do, you just, you wish and you hope and then you realise no one's coming. (laughs) No one is coming for you. Mm -hmm. You've got to do this on your own. So I think we're at that point where we've always known that theoretically, but now it's actually we're putting it into practice in our 40s. Yes, in a big way. I mean, something that you did which was really big and brave was you jumped out of that, you know, security, and I'm using the air quotes because what is truly secure anymore, of working for the big big broadcaster, the big, you know, the big media company um, to running your own show and and I you know I looked at you doing I was like cheering you on from the sidelines because that is I know what a big leap that is to to do that and and the and the women listening as well who have you know given up their their corporate careers or whatever to go out on their own would you mind just talking us through like how you came to that decision because I'm sure it wasn't something that you just you know woke up one day and went that's it. Or did you like? Well, um, it was it was pretty easy. They didn't offer us enough money, so we left. Uh huh. I mean, okay. you can you can put as many bells and whistles and, and PR spin it around it as much as you want, but I think you know we looked at someone like Monty Diamond, who recently their radio show, the three PM Pickup, has has ended, and 
Monty wrote on her Instagram, bummer that the big wigs at KISS couldn't present acceptable terms for us to move forward, but dry your tears. You can still be my best bud a few times a week via my podcast show and tell online. And I just think, you know, that was really, I think that was very brave of Monty to just put yeah. that out there and say, actually, what was on offer wasn't good enough. Yeah. And so that was the case for Lee's and me. Mm-hmm. And it was a very simple decision, actually, to go out on our own. Because again, it comes back to that point about, you know, what Lee's was saying about don't wait for validation. And trust us, there is something lovely about being with a network and having that safety net. And we would never rule that out, rule that out again. But at that point in time, the terms and the the product and the, the where we wanted to take 40. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't there. So we thought, uh-huh. well, let's give this a crack ourselves. And and following on in that same interview that Lise again mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. that woman said to us, it's never really truly failing if you try it in the first yeah. place. True failure is not giving it a go whatsoever. And I think it goes without saying, you know, you can say that it's it was a big move and it was brave. But the reality of it is that it is a giant step backwards in terms of financials, yeah. right? That goes without saying. So we, it's almost counterintuitive. We wanted the offer or the opportunity to be more. Yeah. But in effect, we've chosen to go backwards yeah. in the knowledge that what we're looking to build may be bigger than the offer they didn't have for us. Yeah. So... It's a lot of reverse engineering Mm -hmm. at this point and there have been many times in the last few months since we've left where we have been very scared and wondering how we're going to pull this off. Yeah. But there is, I think I can safely say, we don't regret it. We don't know. We're working harder than we've ever worked before. And maybe it doesn't look the way it did to other people because we're not in the big shiny studios. But believe you me, we are working so bloody hard because the ideas are there and the content is there. We just had to take a stand. And, you know, it's not just about money. There were also the, the, the conditions of our working life. We loved that network. Don't get, they, they were, it was the most exceptional five, six years of our working oh, careers. God, yeah. and the it really was. So we had good. nothing to no. say there. It was a wild, wild, fantastically creative time. But because we were doing brutally early mornings, you know, the alarm would go off during daylight savings months at 2.50 a.m. We can't sustain that. There are a lot of other broadcasters who just have the reserves that we don't seem to have. Mm. Um, So that 3 a.m. alarm, I personally could only, I couldn't do another day of it, Michelle. I was waking up with just dead eyes. (laughs) It got to the point where I would just wake up with dead eyes and just stare at my pillow even though I knew when I'd get there, we'd have the best time. I was working with the, the very is, best. Yeah, and we'd done that slot for four years. And the fact is it was perfect for so it many years. It wasn't the time. It, it was worked, perfect. It worked amazingly well until, you know, our kids start getting older and it didn't and our workload got heavier. And and so I still look back at that time with such fondness and there was it was just so much, it was so much fun. It that was, last year, Sarah, felt like walking through mud where the previous three or four years were a joy and I think to be able to recognize and I remember you and I having a conversation I was like I can't do it I can't I can't setting that alarm at night going to bed the minute I put my children to bed um our relationships again, were being all impacted. That, all that worked when the littleies were like toddlers. They yeah. were young. They were four. Mm-hmm. So 7 p.m. bedtimes and everything fine. But as kids are getting older and you're not getting home until 6.30 and then there was a sleep panic. Come on, come on. You wouldn't see our husbands. And then that final year, which wasn't the 3 a.m. wake-ups that was so bad, it was because there was the additional radio show put on top of it that was on the Gold Coast, not in Brisbane, not in our hometown. I think a breakfast radio show in our hometown would be completely different. But there was just a lot of logistics and a lot of behind the scenes 
pressure and exhaustion and you know we were pretty burnt out yeah I I can imagine I can imagine I mean I'm Mm. exhausted listening to it and um and I understand you know that whole like the juggling of all the different areas of your life to keep making things work and it comes but do you back- know what Michelle and I'll interrupt you there too because I think there's ego stuff in here as well mm-hmm. where Lise and I I mean we can talk about it now but I think there was a lot of guilt around we were always worried would people think we're difficult women would people worry if we speak up and say oh this actually isn't serving us well does that make us difficult talent to work with because we've always really prided ourselves on on being easygoing and honest and you know respectful of everyone who works around us but I think that was something that really came into play as well didn't it Lise yeah Yeah. absolutely do you think 20 30 year old Lise and Sarah would have pulled the pin or do you think you would have stuck it out and been the easy breezy you know well I I think it's impossible to 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 gauge that because we never it actually never would have been offered to us at when we were 20 or 30 because Mm. that wasn't even on the agenda like the two women the female duo thing never would have happened it was a different time it was the perfect time for us to to do it when we did it Mm. and also I just think that as working women you cannot ignore the fact that if you have chosen to have a family you cannot pretend that that is not happening and we had really honest conversations Sarah was struggling with leaving two daughters to baby trusted trusted and valued babysitters she has a husband who works away seven months of the year she was struggling with the logistics my logistics were a little bit were a lot smoother because my husband doesn't work away Um, and my kids are a little bit older. Like even just that 18-month older makes a huge difference. Mm. So she was struggling there. I was struggling with sleep deprivation and overall mental wellness because of the sleep deprivation um, so it's and because comparing you had, apples and oranges. It's and because saying, you, you know, had bouts of insomnia when the kids yes. were young as well, that was something that was really terrifying to you, yes. like mucking around with your sleep. Yeah. Oh, I became, triggers yes, it was of, triggering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think 20 and 30-year-old Sarah, even if we had had been offered radio back then, yeah. well, we didn't have kids. Yeah. So we it would have been fine. Absolutely. Right? But we yeah. do have kids and we do have partners and we cannot put the blinkers on and pretend that we bloody don't. Yeah. It's impossible. And everyone needs to pay attention to that because I think, you know, there's that um, quote, it's Annabelle Crabb talking about like how women are expected to work like they don't have a family, but they are expected to parent like they don't work, particularly for women who are trying to build their own businesses. And these are the conversations that I'm having all the time with clients who feel like they should be doing this and they feel that they're, you know, sort of compromising in so many different areas of their life just to, you know, show up in the way that they think they should. But then, you know, we have these kinds of conversations and it's like, you know, you you don't have to, like you are allowed to be in the driver's seat of your own life. And and that's definitely like a message that comes through in, um, in, you know, what you guys talk about on your podcast with your guests, but also in the book as well about, you know, just how empowering this life stage is where we where we can make these decisions and own these decisions and sharing these experiences in conversations like this, I think is really, really important because a lot of it is hidden until yeah. people throw it, like you talked about, like throwing the grenade into your lives and careers by doing this. And and then all of a sudden, all these women are going, oh, you know, I wish, I wish I, you know, I wish I could do that or I'd love to do that. Um, And And there are implications, there there are, yep, there are impacts. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also the thing. I mean, we would have loved nothing more than to leave our radio contracts, our radio salaries, move into our new independent phase (laughs) as, as, you know, 
um, our own company basically and earn the same dollars. Like that's the dream. Of Mm. course it is. And then wouldn't it also be great if we were earning the same amount we were earning on radio but still able to go to our kids' dance showcase on Monday at 10 a.m.? Like it doesn't all work out like that. So at the moment while we're in a build phase um, and we're not earning what we were just yet and the word there is yet. Yes, yet. Well, the, 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 the plus side of that, the silver lining is that at 10 a.m. next Monday, I am going to see my kid at school and I am wearing my pyjama bottoms right now during this interview and I have put a load of washing on and, you know, like we can't, we can't have it all and this is a season of our lives and a season of our careers where we're taking a bit of a reassess, a yeah. bit of a pause, and we can't be earning the big bucks while we do that. Yes. Only 1% of people make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, I wish I could say it's the other way around. Oh <laughs> we will get there. We will get yeah. back. Yeah, and you would never know if you weren't actually doing it like you know talking about the trying and and the you know the, the testing and seeing and also I think too for you um and you've touched on this before I've heard you talking about like that alignment as well in terms of um like what you're doing in your work is more aligned to who you are as people as opposed to like following the corporate line or following the company line or, or you know, talking about the product that the sponsors, you know, want you to talk about or, or, or what have you, whereas this is, this is of your creation, which is really exciting. Yeah, it is. I mean, we feel really, really proud of it. We'll continue to do so. And um, there is always the bravery in two. There is the the times when we'll we'll question something or we'll come up with an idea and the other one will, you know, we'll bounce off each other all the time. So mm. that's where the strength is in in building, as Lee said, but also in executing yeah. and in dreaming up what's next. Yeah. So exciting. So Coming back to like, you know, I guess on that theme of empowering and the thing that I absolutely loved in the book was the no list uh, that you talk about. And Lee's I don't camp either. <laughs> <laughs> that was like probably the the part of the book that that tested the strength of my pelvic floor more than anything because <laughs> I was absolutely pissing myself laughing. Me at too. So funny. About Sophia. Sophia. Sophia in the UTI. Oh I mean, my God. I think that's one of my favourite lines that Lee's ever wrote. Hands yeah. down. But, um, but you know, I, I, I'm here for normalising the no list. I talk to my clients about having a to-don't list, like the things that we just don't do and you both share yours in the book, which was full of absolute gold. So can how comfortable are you actually executing those those no's in terms of putting your your big girl pants on and going actually no i'm not doing that you know what i'm just i'm just referencing sarah it's on page 241 it's been a while michelle it's been a while i've like blocked it out okay so going from the top of mine No, I don't peel them. Doesn't. I know, but I can't believe you don't. But that's what I mean. You keep the fibre in. Yeah. Oh yeah, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) I got the the whole concept of our book wrong. What have I written? (laughs) Okay, so one of the. I mean, a lot of these are very basic, fun ones. So yes, I don't peel vegetables anymore. It shits me to tears. What's wrong with a carrot with a bit of a string on it? (laughs) Just dust it off with a tea towel. And Bob's your uncle. Chop it up. I'm over it. Um, I will say I've gone back on the home printer. So initially I was saying no to home printers because Sarah and I hated them with a passion. That was when you were in the office, right? Yes. Don't have an office. I did think that. I was like, what happens now? We had to buy printers. And I will say that the ones that we landed on were great, right, Sarah? Bluetooth technology. Amazing. Who knew? Um, Yes, I also said that I do not fold socks like my mother does because my mother 
is a psychopath, a French psychopath who folds <laughs> socks like no human ever should. It's about a five minute process per pair of socks and I refuse to do it. I've also gone back on sleepovers with more than four kids. Oh, a couple okay. of weekends I had 10, 13 year old boys over. <gasps> so I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Okay. I regret <laughs> that deeply. But I do look, think I- this is a pertinent one of yours, Lise, particularly mm. as we're coming into the holiday season. And you say no to holidaying in the same house as other people. Discuss. Yes, please do. Let's be honest. It's a revolting concept. Why would you put yourself in a situation with people that you potentially love dearly? Why would you put yourself in harm's way? Because you're going to end up hating them. You're going to end up figuring something out that's going to shit you to tears about them. So my policy is your own apartment and then they can be in the same apartment block, but everyone gets their space to retreat to. Yeah. I just know I need my own space. What about you two? Yeah, I agree. I'm I and the same goes with sharing a room with as an adult. Like <laughs> I, I won't <laughs> I just, I can't do it. Like I like, and also I have like, if you know, I have issues waking up in the middle of the night. I need to have like, you know, some really boring audio book or something on to like help me get back off to sleep. Like I'm not, I'm not a joy to, to share a room with. So I just think, yeah, we should all, if I'm paying to go away for a weekend, I, I want my own space. Thank you I very much. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, Sarah had some great ones too um hosting dinner parties not her jam yeah no never has been I just feel like when you're in that role as the host you never actually get to enjoy the company of the people you're there so I'm more than happy to have people over to my house Mm. but I'm not going to be up and down to the oven while everyone else gets to enjoy great conversation and I'm running around like a blue-ass fly yeah. trying to figure out if the if the potatoes mm. are hot enough to match the bloody roast or what have you. So you can come to my house, but it's a cheese platter and some drinks or we order Uber Eats. Yeah, love that. So, yeah. I, I have the smallest house in the neighbourhood. There's no room for me to host there's barely room for me to host my children for dinner. So um, I, I don't need to worry about that anymore. <laughs> no, I think, look, I think we've, we've um, I think you get to this age and you do streamline how life feels good for you and what actually works. Just, mm. just last night, actually, there was a, a, a bunch of school mum friends yeah. that were getting together. And the group was sort of building and building and building because everyone was sort of inviting another. And it would have been the most magnificent bunch of women. And initially I'd said, yeah, I'll swing by for a drink. And then, of course, I I should have known this. It came to the time and I said, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm at home. I'm comfortable. Sorry, not going. Nobody missed me. It wasn't that sort of event where I was bailing. But I just realised I'm not good with those things. I just don't want to leave my house after 4.30 p.m. Yeah, more often than not. Time to. Yeah. But Vex Barrow says that about, like, I always remember an article she wrote, I think it was on Mamma Mia or maybe just her Facebook page years ago, where she said, don't make future you hate current you or loathe current you because you've agreed to something in the moment so you don't feel guilty but you know you're going to get there and either rue the day you were born and I opened your gob and said, yes, I can volunteer to weed the school garden or, yes, I'm happy to host a dinner party at my house. You've got to have strength of conviction in knowing that you won't, it won't enrich your life to do that task. So, Lise, I'll call you on that. You should have just said no for the first part. Those people were probably really looking forward to you being there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were. But what I, what I know to be true is that when I looked at the location, um, it was at this new fancy pub that's been renoed. I, I mean, I'd love to go see it, but it's completely out of my way. So yeah. had I been coming straight from work in town, it would have been amazing. And yes, even if it was 6pm, I would have been there. Yeah. But I can't backtrack from my place back in, no, 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 I'm not that type of woman. I Hats off to the women who can do that. I can't. Yeah. And it, yeah, it all comes down to like knowing 
what's on that no list and knowing yeah. yourself and, and um, especially at this time of year, I think because, you know, we are often, you know, people come out of the woodwork and it's like, you know, people you haven't seen all year, it's like suddenly we must catch up for Christmas and, you know, it's having those easy out to just like be able to to bail and and be unapologetic about it. It's like, no, not going. <laughs> <laughs> My bra's off, like, you know, trackies are on. It's it's the show's over for today, everybody. So on the flip side of the no list, the thing that the other thing that I loved in the book was um, the the joy list, the things that you delight in, um, because I do feel like um, particularly for you know women in the sort of trenches of the day to day you know hamster wheel of life, we can lose touch with the things that actually bring us joy and um you know i i often find you know when you're having conversations with people and he's talking about well what makes you happy and they're just sort of like look at you i don't know so i loved that you that you shared yours in in the book um and i would love to know how that has changed throughout the course of your life the things that you delight in now as a woman in your 40s versus prior to turning 40 well of an active getaway that's new. You That's love new. an active getaway. I do. I like going okay. away with a group of friends, training for something for a set period of time, uh-huh. and then getting to go away for a weekend, doing something, achieving something, completing something that we've worked towards, yeah. and then sharing a room <laughs> with <laughs> other other friends and, and having a weekend of it. Whereas, you know, when my kids were little or when I was in uh-huh. my 20s and I looked at exercise and stuff completely differently. Um, that would ne- that would have been my my idea of fresh hell, yeah. If I'm honest, and I also really love taking a bath at the end. Like I would have a one hour bath five days a week. Oh. I reckon oh, five days a week. A, I love it. She's a monster. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm basically a walking prune from seven p.m. till midnight most weeknights. But I find because I talk so much during the day. And I love that. I love talking to people, but I also just love the sanctity of my bathroom and wallowing in my own filth (laughs) with some bath salts sprinkled in and just like numbing out because my kids are old enough now where I don't have to, you know, worry about what they're doing in the house. There's a freedom in that. There would be women with toddlers listening to that, just dreaming yeah. of the day that they are going to be able yeah. to. Whereas instead of being hunched yeah. over a bath, just oh, wash, God. washing yes. little bums yep. or trying to scrub yep. trying shampoo to out of hair. Shampoo out of their eyes. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. my God. Yes. Yeah. Flashbacks. Yeah. But yeah. What about you, Lise? I would say that as I'm getting older, the things I delight in are increasingly on a micro level Mm -hmm. I think when I was younger it was all about what can entertain me (laughs) like go big go big I want to travel I want to go to parties I want to you know it was all big yeah Yeah. Um, whereas now it's the tiniest little things it's you know slipping my feet into a pair of Ugg boots it's sharing a cup of coffee on our veranda with my husband at usually it's, you know, 3.20 p.m., uh, you know, of an afternoon or first thing in the morning, I'll take either or both, um, getting a bucket of prawns and a nice glass of white wine. It's actually very, very simple things. It's having a, bu- it, no, sorry, I'm not a bath person. It's having a shower early in the afternoon and, being home and having no plans ahead. Um, there's it's actually so basic. So yeah. basic. I could be a monk. Yeah. <laughs> Except not, because I also like nice things here and there. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> but a, it's a, a very lux, basic. A luxe monk. A luxe monk. Lux monk. Oh, that's quite the I, I can see that. You know how coastal grandma was having a moment? Yes, yes. I'm thinking Lux Monk. Okay, there the you best. go, Lise. Own it. Own it. <laughs> Get on TikTok and own that. <laughs> the Lux Monk. Um, so in the book, um, you list out the 40 things that you wish you knew before 40. Now, not all of 
my listeners are 40 yet. So what would you love for the women who are approaching their 40s to know? I think our number one was strength and weight training is an absolute must. Mm-hmm. Nobody, well, I mean, people were probably telling us, but maybe weren't, we weren't listening in our, in our younger years. But you've really got to get on to get off the cardio train and get on to using your body weight and strength because we look at exercise now as something that's going to make us more functional as we get older. So we want to be able to get out of a chair as well as we possibly can if yeah. we get the good graces, you know, to live to 80, 80 plus. And yes, we're at the halfway point now, but you don't want to get to old age and think, God, I wish I'd used my body more effectively rather than just trying to lose a couple of kilos or critique myself in the mirror all the time. So I think to do a starting strength and weight training when we were both about 40 when we started, didn't we, Lees? I think it's changed everything about how we look at exercise and our bodies in our middle years. Yeah, because that is the thing that no one tells you. It's like the, the I call it like the ailments, you know. Yeah. The, like the, it is. Pains and the, you know, you get up out of a chair and it's that, shit starts to go wrong for women mm. in their 40s. Yeah. It does. And especially, you know, where toddlers and I aren't in the perimenopause phase of life yet that we're aware of. But, you know, when you start to lose your estrogen and that leaches out of your bones, that puts you at a higher risk of osteoarthritis and osteoporosis and, and all that stuff. So it's gone from superficial to something very, very, very important. So that would be like my firm, serious lecture about what to know before turning 40. But the 39 other things, Lee's over to you. <laughs> I would say um, that being busy is not a marker of success, yes. um, that it can in fact be a red flag. Uh, I would definitely say that. I would also say to women coming coming through that we only realise this in our 40s, but that you are allowed to recalibrate your dreams. Yeah. If someone tells you or if you're judging yourself going, oh, God, I'm fickle, I never stick to anything, don't try not to listen to that because we're meant to change. We're yeah. meant to change. So that dream of being a magazine editor, which, in fact, we interviewed Justine Cullen, who is a magazine editor, and spoke to us. She was the one to say your dreams are allowed to change. Yeah. You might get to the dream job or to the dream relationship and realise once you're there that it doesn't suit you anymore and that doesn't make you a um, a bad person. Yeah. That, that that would be a big one. What else have you got, Sarah? Um, two other things I would say that helped me were don't bottle up resentments. You need to tell people, like pause when you're agitated, but if it's not going away and something is really sitting uncomfortably with you, whether that's in your career in your relationship, in a hobby, whatever it is, then you've got to speak up because if you bottle things up, it will explode out of you one day. Yeah. And just that will happen. That will happen. Um, or you're going to live a life where you are just listless and yeah. miserable and you don't want to, you don't want that. The other second point I would say is don't write off old people. I think we have a tendency to do that in our society and we want to just tuck elderly people away in the corner and we can learn so much from them and they were all our age once. Yeah. And I would hate to feel like, uh, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty vibrant contributing member of society with things to pass on and, and people who I love and love spending time with. And I would hate to think that in 30, 40 years that people don't, know that about me that they just see the outer shell and not the person I am and I think also if I'd known this earlier I would have done it but I've done it now so I'm good <laughs> install all the school apps and the sport apps on your partner's device oh. if you are in it doesn't matter what kind of relationship it can be yes. a same-sex relationship a heterosexual relationship if you are in a partnership and raising children in that family dynamic then I think when I was a younger mother, I 
I took great pride in being the CEO of the household. You know, yeah. that, that phrase was bandied around. And I did. I took a great deal of pride being in control and knowing who had what when. Um, that got old really quick. Exhausting. And then the resentment comes in. And I have a very capable, contributing partner, 50-50, mm-hmm. um, as he should be because he made them too, right? Um, but the minute I shared his email address with the school and got him to put the apps in, there is an understanding of how much comes through in a day yeah. to bombard one parent. Mm-hmm. So I would just say, my God, like when I came home the other day and Dane told me something that had pinged on his app. And that just that just shares the load. I don't know why I wasn't told that earlier. I think it's a it's a generational thing. My yeah. mother took great pride in being the head honcho and the nurturer across the board. Yeah. I don't think it's healthy. No. It's not. And it's yeah. It's too hard. Yeah. We're, we're, we're living different lives now where everyone is equally important in whatever job they do or don't well, do. And yeah, and how can we keep banging on about sharing the mental load and what have you if we don't give the blokes in our lives the chance to do it? And that may mean that in doing that you have to drop your standards. Yeah. That things may not be done to the level that you have been doing it, but you've got to give them some graces and find their feet and pick up the slack as well it's not just picking up the overflow it's a shared sharing shared the thing. Mm. yeah that's great love that so um I love that in your podcast you've got like an opening question that you ask everybody about how you ask them how they celebrated their 40th birthday and in the book you ask people to share theirs and there's so many great ideas in there for how people celebrate their 40th so if there's people listening who haven't turn 40. Um, There's some really great inspo in there. Um, But I would love to know out of the people that you've interviewed for the podcast and talked to for the book, is there any in there that you go, oh God, I should have done that. Like if you could have a do-over of your 40ths, whose would you pick? Oh, that's so hard (laughs) because it depends on your mood, right? Like there's been some women who have thrown a lunch with just the women in their lives, which I think that's beautiful. There's others who have done an amazing trip to a winery or overseas. I don't know. I I don't think I can answer that. Sarah, what about you? No, because there are some who's like, you know, my husband whisked me away and created you know, we went to Greece and, and, I mean, that would require me marrying a different man. A different man. Yeah. <laughs> those, <laughs> those kind of concepts are so far removed. They may as well be like a Hollywood a Hollywood blockbuster for me. Um, I mean, one that makes me laugh, I think, is still Taryn Bromfett, who's yeah. the creator of Embrace, where, you know, her friends were like, we're going to get you a return airfare anywhere you want to go in the world. And she was like, I just want a sausage in a park. Oh. And that's what she and that's what she did. So I find I find a real fondness as well for the the people who were just like, I don't need this to be bigger than Ben Hur. And I actually wouldn't change my 40th, you know, Lise and I turned 40 in 2020, which was the year of, you know, lockdowns global global debacle debacle uh and yeah I had I had 20 friends in my backyard and I didn't cater and um oh well I I got pizzas and that was perfect for me that was that was who I was um and Lee's I don't know if would you have done anything differently even though it was no you would have had a few extra friends maybe if it wasn't locked down but you're not a a bigger than person no, it was just my two sons, my husband and my mum and dad because we were in very, very tight restriction right. time and it was perfect. Yeah, I have no regrets. I don't feel like I missed out. Right. I would say to anyone who might be a little bit more on the introverted side, just lean into that. Just yep. plan out the day or the night that you just want and it doesn't have to be fancy. And even if it's a lame answer like I'm giving now to a lovely <laughs> interview, so be it. But that's like, you know, I like own it. 
you do you, everyone do them and do what feels good for them, not what they think they should do. So we've talked about the question that you ask all of your guests. I'm going to round out with the question that I ask all my guests at the end of each podcast. And I ask them to recommend one thing, something that they've watched, read, eaten, experienced that will give the listeners life a boost besides your absolutely fabulous book. Ab, what would each of you recommend? Okay. I love anything Kemi Neckverpill puts out. Kemi is an author and a life coach. She's written a book called Power. She's in the middle of producing a series on Audible, which will come out next year. She's been working with people like Liz Gilbert, and I just think the stuff that comes out of her mouth is... I mean, it's pretty, I think it can be pretty transformative. Mm. And similarly, I am really enjoying the Mel Robbins podcast. It's a very similar vein, but really insightful conversations about, um, you know, um, emotions and, and moving through different phases of life. And that's kind of what I am enjoying spending any time I'm not listening to Lee's do. <laughs> Do you want to know something, Sarah, to both of you? Um, I was reading your book um, at the same time as I was listening to Kemi's book. So I, I had yours oh. in the, like the paper form. So I had you girls kind of the entertaining piece and then mm-hmm. I'd go off for my walks and stuff and I'd have Kemi's power in my ears. Isn't she wonderful? It's just like this perfect cocktail of <laughs> like what was going into me um at what was like, you know, sort of a bit of a weird time this year for me. So um yeah, I love and, and you know I love everything that Kemi does. I was really fortunate to be at a retreat where she spoke this year oh. and um and and just got to be in her presence for for three days and it was absolutely magnificent yeah Yeah, I think she's a really special woman what she does yeah Mm. yeah what about you Lise Lise will will be like I love gigolos season nine (laughs) yes (laughs) I do love gigolos season eight um no no no. I was actually going to throw out there because it's something that I want to get back to in 2023 but I think if there's anyone listening who has never taken part in a pub choir experience, I would say that is my recommendation because it was an activity that I I didn't understand the premise of it. Uh, For those of you listening who may not know, you rock up to a pub Obviously, you know where you're going before. You buy your ticket. It's roughly $30. When you arrive among hundreds of other people of different ages, of different cultural backgrounds, different genders, you don't know. Like there's tradies and there's corporate. You don't know. Nobody cares. You rock up and the exceptional people who run pub choir have chosen a song Mm -hmm. and broken it up in parts of, you know, if you, if you have a higher voice, you stand to the left. If you have a lower voice, blah, blah, blah. And you spend the better part of two hours in a very low key environment, learning a song and singing among other people you've never met before. And there is just something so joy, Mm -hmm. joyous, and magical about being there. You do not have to have a nice singing voice. Yeah. Um, and I love. I loved. I've done about two or three of them, but with COVID, it's been a while. So yeah. it's something I would like to get back to randomly. So yeah. that would be my. Yeah, my they're rec. definitely running them again. I've seen yes. them on Instagram, and it is. It is your word, like joyous. Like it is mm. just. There is something about a. a group of people singing like that together it's just magnificent and it reminds us that there is there is joy yes. around us you know yes. um it's beautiful that's a great recommendation thanks Lise so and when we um, all spend so much time on screens yes. that's a share there's that human experience of yes. shoulder to shoulder with yes. people and looking at another person and uh, no it's it's not you can't do anything with your phone or your hands, yeah. it's just a, a momentary joy. Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful. 
I love it. Thanks, Lise. Yeah, awesome recommendation. So, girls, where can our listeners get more of you in their lives? Well, they can listen to 40, which is on every podcast app, just F-O-R-T-Y, the word. They can follow us on Instagram at Lise and Sarah, and they can also check out our website, which is the40edit.com.au, and we've created that as a as a happy place for mostly women in their middle years who want to sort of find and learn and listen to cool stuff. Awesome. Sarah, Lise, thank you so much for being such awesome guests on your Business Boost podcast. Thanks for coming today. Thank you for asking us. It's been great. A great conversation. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you.